What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino over there. Uh, This is the second time we're recording this podcast. We attempted to record it yesterday, but I was we didn't just rumbling. We did it so it was so good that it was going to hurt the viewers' ears and eyes. It was pure gold, so shiny. Yeah. No. But then it turns out it wasn't gold. It was that chocolate that's wrapped in gold foil. And then you're like, oh, I thought this was a real gold coin. And no, it wasn't. So I said to Casino, we have to record another episode uh, to replace that shit one. And Casino said, I'm there. I'm there. Let's do it. So here we are. I think I said, said, sure. Sure. (laughs) But I was not hyped yesterday, Casino. I am hyped today. Super Bowl, two days. My team's in it. I'm going to keep pounding on the desk. That'll get us the ratings. That'll get us the views. Uh, I would like you to start calling me Skip as well. And we, my team is in the Super Bowl, Casino. Skip, 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 (laughs) skip. Calm down, skip. Uh, But actually, speaking of Skip, which speaks of Shannon Sharp, which speaks of LeBron James. We have some basketball news to get into before we get Let's into this. Jump Bowl. into that, yes. But uh, before we get into that, Casino, how you doing today? Uh, you're in. Uh, uh, why don't you explain to the people the jersey you're wearing right now? Yeah, well, this is now the third time I've ever worn this jersey because I wore it <laughs> yesterday for this bit. <laughs> Um, maybe that's why I just burning... made us record another episode. Just well, so you know, you know, you know what jersey again. You want to know what's you want to know what's really funny is so I told my wife that I that I wore this jersey um, and we got to redo it today because it wasn't it wasn't good and she goes well that's the second time you worn that jersey and both times have been bad outcomes and I was just like God damn <laughs> I, I mean like, bad outcomes for you uh, both yeah, times well, they've been still, great for me. Uh, no, yesterday you sucked. But uh, anyway, no, um, I'm wearing this jersey, and this is to show my support for you and the Eagles because I am rooting for them 100%. I want the Chiefs to lose. Fuck how that Cincinnati game ended. I want the Chiefs just to get destroyed. Um, I like Andy Reid. I like Travis Kelsey. I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks, top three probably favorite quarterbacks in the league right now. But, yeah, I want them to get their ass kicked. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, But before we get into football talk and all of that, we have some basketball news that shook the world casino. And that was LeBron James, now the all-time leading scorer when it comes to most points scored in an NBA career. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, yeah, you're back. I lost connection for a second, but yeah, my rant was just going on. So thank you for the internet stopped me. So LeBron James. So LeBron James, they played against, uh, the Oklahoma city thunder in, I'll tell you what, uh, that game like means basically nothing except for the LeBron James, you know, become the all-time scorer in the game. So TNT had the um, little counter in the corner 
where they were counting down how many points he needed. It made that game infinitely more exciting. That's one of the most exciting. And, you know, I don't really, I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not a LeBron James hater. I still think he's the second best basketball player of all time. Uh, This doesn't change that fact that he's now has the most scoring titles. I do think in basketball, football, you know, obviously most sports, uh, except for pretty much baseball, right? Like it comes down to how many championships you win. Like baseball is a much more individualistic, you know, sport stats. It's all about numbers, football and basketball. It's like the stats and stuff are great, but how many titles have you won? Right. And right. For LeBron James, he has four right now. He's been to the finals, you know, an ungodly amount of times. I think he's been there like 14 times or something like that. And he's four and six in uh, the finals. I do think that if he wins one more, he's maybe the best basketball player ever. If he wins two more, he's de- he definitely surpasses Michael. So if, and obviously Michael's Michael argument. Jordan. So if they're tied, what is it, with six championships each, then it's LeBron James all day. But as of right now, I still think he is the second best basketball player of all time, which people act like that's a, like a diss. Like in the history of basketball, this guy's the second best to ever do it. Like that's a, that's a compliment in my eyes, but he officially well, I mean, passed. Yes, but not in the NBA, not, not in the NBA where it's all about status and, Look at me, you know, big dick swinging. <laughs> I mean, if you're not if, if you're not the best, I mean, who gives a shit? You're just another fucking player. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's true. So we the, have... the, the egos, the egos in I mean, in all professional sports, but NBA is pretty bad. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, so and this is why I always take offense to the people being like, well, I mean, obviously, like, he's the number one leading scorer. Like, he that means he's the number one best player. Michael Jordan is fifth on that list, and he played almost 340 games less than LeBron James. So it's like LeBron James has played so many more games than Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan's still fifth. LeBron James will probably end up around 40,000, like, career points. Michael Jordan ended up with 31,000 or no, I'm sorry, 32,292. So he'll be almost about probably around 10,000 points less. But again, it comes down to two championships. If LeBron James wins one, he's in the conversation. If he wins two, I think he is the best. But this game was crazy. The one we're talking about against the Thunder, uh, they stopped the game in the third quarter. It didn't look like how the first two quarters were going. It was like, oh, it doesn't look like he's going to do it. And then all of a sudden the third quarter came up and it seemed like every time the Lakers went to the basket, it was him. Uh, He did the record-breaking one was a fadeaway jumper. That was a great shot. And yeah, they stopped it. They celebrated it. He had all his friends, his family there. Uh, I know we talked about, we either thought it was going to be at this Thunders game or the Bucks game last night, but I'm pretty sure uh, LeBron James, in his well, mind, I like, said that it was going to be that. <laughs> I said it was going to be in the first game. I really thought right. he was going to be a couple points short 
at against the Thunder and then do it in the first quarter of the Bucks game. But when he walked into that, he was in the all black suit. He was inviting like everyone he's ever known to that game. So I think that's the game where he was like, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm getting this record. Well, they're going to script it to make sure it happened that way. <laughs> this isn't the NFL. We'll talk about NFL scripting, but uh, only like, I guess kind of the opposite of a silver lining to this game was that they lost the game. And then, uh, that kind of, but nobody will remember that because it's a random, you know, middle of this season, regular season game against a Thunder team. But this Lakers team didn't really improve in the trade deadline. They did get rid of Russell Wilson and Money. his, or Russell Westbrook, I'm sorry, and his crazy expensive contract. So that was good. But the major, major breaking news. Oh, also congrats to LeBron James. A great, like, crazy achievement i've never been a lebron hater so that was cool to see yeah that I, game I can't was stand awesome the guy i can't stand the guy but can't stand the guy but well done trash yeah. human being but crazy good basketball <laughs> player <laughs> uh but the other nba news and the one that will actually like that one shapes the history of the nba this move might shape this season and many seasons to come in the NBA, which is Kevin Durant. You called it. I did. I said, I felt like he would either stay with the nets or go to the suns. I felt like him going to the suns is the most interesting thing that could happen. And it did happen. Suns didn't really lose anybody. I thought Chris Paul would 100% be in the deal to send him to the Knicks with picks. Obviously that's not what happened. So the Nets now have uh, DeAndre Ayton, they have Chris Paul, they have Kevin Durant, and they have Devin Booker all on one team together with Kyrie now on the Mavericks with Luka. These two teams, it's crazy. The Nets couldn't do anything, right? I think combined together, I have it on my phone here somewhere, combined together, oh, I might have already deleted it. There was a, a ridiculous stat where uh, Kyrie and Durant on the same team won like one playoff series together and they only played, they played like less than a hundred games, you know, all this shit there with the uh, Kyrie and injuries and Harden and blah, blah, blah amounted to nothing, right? Just a bunch of picks, a lot of headaches a lot of news stories that had everything to do with everything but fucking uh basketball so now the nets what is it traded away harden who is now on the sixers and the sixers now might be you know in that contention for one of the best teams in the east well they are in contention for one of the best teams in the east with the celtics and the bucks and then you have in the west now the two best West teams appear to be the Mavericks and the Suns. So the Nets couldn't do anything Clearly. with their three players. It is players. a clear, clear thing. Yeah. And then they clean house, and all three of the All-Stars they send to other teams are now in contention to be potentially the best team in the NBA. I think this uh, Kevin Durant trade is like one of the biggest – stories maybe in nba history because it's a one of the best nba players of all time in his prime being traded 
in the middle of a season to a team with other all-stars on it, like that doesn't happen all the time, right? Like the LeBron, speaking of LeBron, the decision was after his contract was over and it was in the off season, right? So he could choose where he got to go. The equivalent to this would be Shaq who got traded from, you know, the magic to the Lakers and then got traded from the Lakers to the heat. So that's the equivalent of it because he's that great of a player, obviously at a different position, but yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Obviously the NF or the NBA is kind of gearing up towards their uh, NBA all-star game, which is next week. But once that all-star break ends, then you're going to see all these new look teams. Even the Lakers kind of got better. If Davis and LeBron can get on the same page and, you know, Davis stays healthy, which is a big, if like, this is going to be a great, great, end to the NBA season a lot more interesting than whatever the fuck those guys were doing on the nets. And yeah, my Sixers are coming in the Celtics and bucks are duking it out. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting casino. Speaking Any of thoughts Sixers, on I watch the, uh, no, continue. You're good. No, no, no. I was going to say any thoughts on the uh, NBA trades or the LeBron thing or anything no, like I mean, that. You before pretty, we much, move on to you pretty much tapped it. You pretty much tapped it. Well done. It's your segment. You did good. Yeah. You did good. We'll obviously go more in depth as the season progresses on stuff like this, but those were the big trades. But now, Casino, it is time. I'm pounding the desk again. It is now time to talk about the Super Bowl. Yesterday, I was not hyped. Today, I am hyped. I don't know if you can tell. I'm hyped for because first Very season – First season, we decide to do the Only Sports Podcast, and my team is in the Super Bowl. And honestly, no matter how much I look at the different aspects of this game, I, I'm i not saying they can't lose this game because obviously they can. You know, like it's a fifth – from all the projections we've seen, it looks like it's a 50-50 split on who thinks who's going to win and why and blah, 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 blah. But – I think when you look at it on paper, I think this Eagles team, we were going to break down position by position. But when you look at position by position, besides Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, there doesn't look to be another position group that the Chiefs are better at than the Eagles. No, there's not. Um, yeah, again, like we talked about a little yesterday. Uh, I'm, let's not go in as in-depth as we did yesterday because that was like 50 minutes. I'm just rambling, <laughs> but um, no, you're right. There's, 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 there's two positions, but those are two really big positions. You know, that's what, that's what carry that chief's team is Mahomes and Kelsey. So we got to see what's going on there. Um, you know, we're going to do our picks for the games on um, who's going to be the best player um, or unit that needs to stand out um coming up and that's going to be one of our main things so really though i've been telling you all season the eagles they look like the most well-balanced team in the entire nfl and this is even before they got their their offensive line with or defensive line with nadamik and sue and um we talked about it i we forgot the other dude's name the other dude they got uh, picked up lendell or no keep going i'll i'll look him up right now I have it pulled up. It is uh, Linville 
Yeah. So when Sue and that guy came in, or when Sue and Joseph came in, they were like 20th in the league against the rush. And then the second they came in, all of a sudden they're like a top three rush defense with both those guys stuff in the run. Jordan Davis obviously came back from injury and he is the ridiculous stat at the beginning of the season was the rush yards per attempt for the opposing team was half of what they were when Joseph was, or when, um, Davis was on the field compared to when he was off. So when he was off the field, it was like they were allowing 10 yards per rush. When he was on the field, they were allowing less than five. So crazy stat, like definition of like a run stuffer or a run stopper or whatever you want to say. But besides, um, and also we recorded yesterday, which I didn't even know that was happening last night was the NFL honors award. So Congrats to the big awards that were given out last night were the comeback player of the year was Geno Smith, which I think we would both agree with. Right. Great season. Well done. Yeah. And what he came, usually this award is for injuries, uh, you know, player coming back from injuries, but for Geno Smith, it was just him coming back from being not good. Like, I don't know what he came back from, but we, everybody agrees with it. He came back from, he came back from being on the jets. Like that's what he survived. So comeback player of the year, uh, defensive rookie of the year, sauce Gardner for, for the speaking of the New York jets, uh, it's crazy that he was a rookie this season when when you look at all, you know, like the pro football focus where they go into all the super deep analytics and stuff. He was like a top three cornerback in the league, like just well, I mean, that's on, what, almost every category. Well, I mean, it showed because the Jets, they it was the Jets. They almost made the playoffs with without a quarterback all season, which is just phenomenal. Like regardless yeah. how much we liked White, um, when he was in there and he looked, he looked to handle himself pretty professionally. Um, or professional. That team got to where it was because of that defense. Um, yeah, so well, and that's why, that's why the Jets are one of those big, you know, super or uh, one of those big quarterback destination, like where they have, where they're on all those lists, where could they get Carr? Could they get Rogers? Could they get one of the San Francisco quarterbacks, which whoever they don't stick with because yeah, Mm -mm. if they get a quarterback who instead of, you know, scoring off the field with all the the bombs, everybody get ready for this. Ready for this. Dun, 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 dun. Now your audio is good. I yeah. I was idea why it it well I hadn't hopefully it sounds good for the whole the whole thing. Well, we've only it's it, but, was, it was only like fifteen minutes. I could hear you, but I was texting Casino and just being like, "You're definitely talking through the computer mic, not the actual." Well, I don't know why. And now there I don't. I have no idea why it did not um, stay connected to my. This is the first time that it's ever disconnected my blue snowball. Sponsor, if you want to sponsor, if you want to sponsor, my my blue snowball. Um, yeah, the first time it's ever disconnected, but now I'm reconnected to it. Good call. Yeah, I could tell, and because I was like, "Wow, Casino's tones aren't as sultry as they usually are," sultry. and it, I was like, "It's not because Casino lost Sulch. It's he's got it back now." 
It's so sultry. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the Jets uh, also got Offensive Rookie of the Year, which was Garrett Wilson, which from all the online talk of the NFL honors, there's two categories where people are like, I don't know about that one. This seems to be the main one, which is Garrett Wilson uh, as Offensive Rookie of the Year. There was talk for Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks, that running back, Chris Olave, or however the fuck you say his name, the wide receiver for the Saints. Uh, I'm fine with this because a wide receiver for the Jets having as good of a season as he did with the quarterback play he had to endure, like, that's, I mean, the, you know, the Saints didn't have it much better, but they definitely had it better than the Jets. 100% they did. Like, that's what I was saying. Is like the Jets, the the only reason they got what they got was for the most part is because of that defense. 90% of that team's success this year was the defense. Yeah. And I mean, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson with so, the so that's, abysmal, yeah. abysmal yeah, go, go quarterback yeah. play had 83 receptions, 1,100 yards, and four touchdowns. Like, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. You having to try to go multiple quarterbacks. You had to go through multiple quarterbacks that are still not that good. So that is that is a feat amongst itself right there. If you had to put money on it, would you say Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Aaron Rodgers ends up on this Jets team? Or fourth option, none of the above. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's where I'm leaning to. I feel like he just fits like he kind of has that like swagger that I think would work in New York. Oh yeah. Right? Plus like, you think he don't you think he would want to go and beat the shit out of the Patriots? Oh, that's a nice wrinkle. Yeah. That's a wrinkle, that's wrinkle. an added wrinkle. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, this patch is burning me. <laughs> uh I do not think that what is it? I don't think Aaron Rodgers will go to the Jets. Only because he's going to Aaron Vegas. Rodgers is petty, and that is the first place after the Packers that Brett Favre went. So I don't think he will follow in he's going, his foot. Go to Vegas or nothing. Also, side note: I saw this after we recorded the podcast yesterday. Did you see that Brett Favre is suing Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee for slander? Uh, and, uh, you know, like basically calling Brett Favre an asshole when they did an interview talking about the whole him stealing money kind of thing. Oh yeah. Stealing money from the homeless and putting it (laughs) towards a volleyball team. Well, apparently now we have to say allegedly. So allegedly, because they didn't say allegedly once in that interview, which is how he can sue them, which is fucking crazy. Like, uh, nobody has fallen. Guess Off what? The- I'm going to pull this old thing out of my hat. Sue me. I'm worth nothing. <laughs> but there has never been a bigger <laughs> fall from grace for like beloved NFL uh, uh, quarterback to like where Favre is now. Is there any quarterback who is beloved as Favre and then fucked it up as Royal? Maybe Deshaun Watson. Like maybe those are the two. True. Yeah, like I, mean, I can't there's think one of quarter, else. There's one quarterback that actually got you know better was uh, our motherfucker Zach Wilson. Yeah, you know, now buddy. he's just most popular kid in school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, let's see. The <laughs> next one was defensive player of the year went to Nick Bosa, who, uh, I mean, rightfully, uh, rightfully so that was deserved. I mean, we'll get, well, you're about to get a mini rant about the 49ers and Eagles, but that's not well, going to happen right now. You, you, you text me when these came out and you said, we pretty much got that nailed. We, we almost yeah. nailed that whole nominee thing and everything. So, so when, when it so came it to the Willies. Nick, shout out to the Willies, uh, clearly the Willies. inspired the, uh, you know, the NFL honors. Uh, but Nick Bosa got 46 votes. Hassan Reddick got two. I really think if I don't like how these season awards don't factor in the playoffs, because in the playoffs, isn't it more impressive when you do what you've been doing all season, but more and better against better competition. That just always seems See, weird. I, I understand they're trying to make it fair for every team to compete, not just the playoff teams. But you should get rewarded for making the playoffs. Yeah. I don't. And plus, if you're that good of a player, your team should benefit from it somehow. Like, I don't. Because when you factor in the regular season and the playoffs, Hassan Reddick had. Uh, one full more sack. He had 19 and a half. Nick Bosa had 18 and a half. Uh, Hassan Reddick had 30 QB hits. Bosa had 49. But here's where the real disparity comes down, right? Forced fumbles. Reddick had six and he recovered four of them. Bosa had two forced fumbles and recovered one of them. So when you're talking about a defensive player, one, one full more sack and then four more forced fumbles, like that seems like important. I don't know. Oh yeah, because you're, you're changing defensive end. One hundred percent getting turnovers. I mean, yes, knocking the quarterback down, cool, whatever. But they could still get get the first down on the next play. But if you're ripping the ball out of somebody's hand, they don't get the opportunity to get that next first down. Yeah. So my only issue turnovers. with that it's all it's about turnovers. It's fine that Bosa won, right? Like everybody was basically predicting that he rightfully so was going to win defensive player of the year. I do feel like it's weird that he got 46 and Hassan Reddick only got two. I thought that gap would be much closer, especially with how much Bosa was dominated in the Eagles 49ers game and how much Hassan Reddick dominated that game. Like both players were on the field and one stepped up, you know, big time change that entire game and one was kind of putting the do you want to know the with Aaron my Rogers. favorite thing so um so Hassan Riddick got two ooh um uh, I can never say his name right uh Williams Q Williams I from say the it. Jets got one and Chris yeah, Jones one. from the Jones Chiefs got, got one. one but the number one defensive player of the year in everybody's hearts the Micah Parsons did not get a single first place vote. What? <laughs> Which is crazy because, you know, he was overhyped the entire season and we kept saying that. But, you know, shout out to shout out to him for still being mentioned in tweets where he gets uh, or still mentioned in a tweet in a competition where he got zero votes. But next up, offensive player of the year was Justin Jefferson. I don't think we have any issue with that, right? Like no. he put on a clinic all year, except against the Eagles where he was shut down. But I'm just throwing that in there. Uh, however, the coach of the year, I feel like is where 
there's also debate much like with rookie of the year because coach of the year is Brian Dayball, which is great. Obviously everybody was picking the jets before the season to finish as a top five pick in the draft. And then they ended up getting to the soup, not to the Super Bowl, to the playoffs. But my issue with this casino is the, the person I think should have been coach of the year is obviously the Eagles head coach, right? So Brian Dayball against the Eagles head coach is 0-3 and he got blown out in every single game. So <laughs> to to me, that just seems like, I mean, again, it's weird that these votes were all so unanimous and it wasn't like a closer contabulation of the votes, but what a word. congrats to uh, Brian Dayball. Uh, that's your big. Now, is that your big word for the day? What? I can't say it. Like contabula de Babel. <laughs> I don't remember what contabulation. I don't know. There it I've is. I've been using uh, word of the day toilet paper. So there you go. Just learned Contab- it today. Yeah, that one. Contabulation. That's probably not even a real word. Who cares? It was on the toilet paper. Uh, next up, casino, and what will lead us into our official Super Bowl talk is the most valuable player of the league is, of course, Patrick Mahomes for the second time in his six years in the league. If we're including his rookie uh, year where he played one game, he has five Pro Bowls, three All-Pros, two first, one second, uh, one Offensive Player of the Year, two MVPs, five AFC Championship games, three Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl championship, one Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, he is one and one at the moment in the Super Bowl because he plays on Sunday. Uh, If he retired tomorrow, which I hope he does so he doesn't play in the Super Bowl, but if he retired tomorrow, Casino, do you think that resume would be enough to put him in the Hall of Fame? Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback already? Yeah. I think so too. Like hosting the AFC championship game five years in a row. Like, I mean, if there's consideration for Tony Romo to be in the goddamn hall of fame. No, he's people have talked about it and it being a cowboy. That's possibly a possibility, but yeah, no. Also speaking of shout out to all the uh, people who got announced for the next year's class of the NFL hall of fame. I watched that whole video, uh, uh, Revis, uh, Darrell Revis for Revis Island. He deserves. He got, uh, but the one that fucking made me uh, actually uh, tear up or whatever, his did, reaction sorry. to it was Zach, uh, Zach Thomas, the linebacker for the Dolphins. When he got in, they like surprised him in his house and he was walking up the stairs and he just starts bawling his eyes out or whatever and his whole family's there. Dude, that one fucking, I don't even, I'm not even a Dolphins fan. I don't even really remember watching Zach Thomas play, but man, that, his reaction to it, his whole family being there. uh, Send me that link. Send me that link. I'll watch it off air so I can cry off air. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was Jimmy Johnson who like was there, you know, in his uh, Hall of Fame jacket and they both just started crying and yeah, it was a nice moment. Like, I like those videos where they, when the NFL does this, where they like surprise the person with a hall of fame, you know, 
telling them they're going to the Hall of Fame and the other guys are crying and their family's there. It's a cool moment. And all the guys who got in, also Joe Thomas, the offensive tackle from the Cleveland Browns, all of them deserving. I literally have no, like, how the fuck did this guy get in? Like, all of them were at the peaks uh, at their position at one point. So congrats to them. But Casino, when it comes to, we'll segu into our Super Bowl talk right now, the last nine players to win MVP and play in the Super Bowl, guess what their record is? Last nine games. Two and seven. They are 0-9. So the last nine MVPs, to play in that Super Bowl, that same season they win MVP or 0 and 9. So fingers crossed, I guess. I mean, fingers hopefully crossed. that's 0 and 10. But, uh, but apparently, but to, some court, but to some quarterbacks, winning MVP is more important than winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, so when we get into weird stats like that, I just want to read these off, Casino. The winner of the coin toss has lost the last eight Super Bowls. And then there was a, another. No, I believe those but, were the two things that. Oh, it but was I the will teams. Say Go for it. Sorry. Continue. It was the teams that were white or the like away team has won, I think, the last seven Super Bowls, I want to say. So it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the last one to not win it, if I believe. So that's why we, last... I was, that was one of the reasons Five. we were very confident. Um, my family and I, that the Patriots were going to win. It was like, oh, they're wearing white. Oh, we've got this. <laughs> yeah. So now what I'm saying is I'm glad Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. It was obviously deserved. I think at, for most of the season, it was Hertz's award to lose. And then he did lose it by missing two games. So Patrick Mahomes, clear number one choice. I am also glad he won the MVP because they are 0-9 in the Super Bowl. I'm obviously an Eagles fan. Uh, and also, if they lose, or no, it is, I want them to win the coin toss, right? The winner of the coin toss. Yes, so I want him to also win the coin toss. So then that'll be two, you know, weird random things against him. But before we dive into all this casino, what do you think has been the big story for the past two weeks involving these two teams going into the Super Bowl? What has been the Super Bowl, you know, narrative they try to build around it? Um, The two Kelsey brothers. Yes, this has turned. I really thought there would be more when it came to Andy Reid firing Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid working. You know, Sirianni used to be with the Chiefs. Andy Reid used to be with the Eagles. I thought there would be more there, but apparently that is not as juicy as two brothers playing against each other. Yeah, two brothers. I mean, but because who wants who wants to talk about coaches and all that? They want to they want to see moms making cookies for their two for her two boys. Yeah, and they also now have a. They also started a. Uh, I don't know. My if it's wife a podcast. Watched it. Because we're obviously no, don't know it's, if it's just them. They're film. Podcast. They're just videoing them talking to their mom. That's all. Yeah. So they started a radio program. My wife watched it last night. My 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 wife will watch that, but she won't watch this. Wow. Does, well, she probably doesn't know what a podcast is, right? Because that's a radio broadcast. 
this is a podcast. So you probably have to first explain to her what a podcast is, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then she'll be like, wait a second. There's no sports podcast. There's all these other sports. There's all these other podcasts, not about sports. And then you have to be like, honey, we're the only one sports, blah, blah, blah. But I will say they started a radio show this season. We started a podcast this season. They obviously play for the Eagles and Chiefs, and they're in the Super Bowl. I'm an Eagles fan, and they're in the the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Coincidence? I don't know. If you were also a Chiefs fan, and I was an Eagles fan, and we started this podcast at the start of this season, we would never like we would never be able to stop, right? Like that. No. The chances of that happening would be fucking crazy. If we would have started this in 2017, then it would have happened, Casino. And then that would have been real interesting. But our teams are one and one against each other in the Super Bowl. So we're good. Whatever the next one happens when 20 years from now, whatever it may be. Oh, man. When this (laughs) when we are famous for this podcast, when we are legit famous and not sued. I'm coming for you. Uh, I was telling you yesterday on the podcast, I've never rewatched the 04 uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. And you've never watched we the need 2017. Right? No, I've never rewatched it now. And we agreed that we would uh, do a live rewatch on the podcast where I watch for the first time since it aired the 2004 Super Bowl. You watch for the first time since it aired the 2017 Super Bowl. Yeah. I will just watch it back to back. What we're going to do for that is we're just going to have to uh, tell the wives that uh, we got lost on the camping trip or something. Yes. And And then they'll be like, oh, they're using that old excuse again. You know, Mm -hmm. and it'll be like, no, no, not for that. This time we're watching, <laughs> we're watching the Super Bowl. We swear, and then they're like, "Oh my God, they're using that excuse again." So we'll have to come up with a new excuse. <laughs> but we will do that for the podcast, probably over the summer, where we have fucking nothing to talk about, and we'll just randomly yeah. pull that out of our asses. But yeah, that should be fun. However, for this Super Bowl that's airing this Sunday, we will be watching it together. Is this the first Super Bowl we will ever watch together? I think it is. Yes, because you were not invited to my brother's house. Again, not my fault. That was not my call. That's also not true. I was invited. You did invite me. You just said I wasn't allowed to cheer when good things happened to the Eagles because it was your brother's house. So you did invite me. I was you just gave you. me unrealistic rules that I would have never followed. But you well, know there what? You, go. you made found... you made a choice. You made a choice. That's true. And however, all of that led to me discovering the Eagles bar, which I now try to watch every Eagles game at, which is where we are going to watch the Super Bowl. So it came full circle. So good job, Casino. In retrospect, past you made a great decision. And past me made a great decision. So kudos to both of us. 2017, what a magical year. And 2023 looks to be as magical if the Eagles can win this game. Uh, Let's talk about, in our Super Bowl, Super Megasode, do you, uh, have you listened to any of the interviews with any of the players? Um, Not too many. Uh, During their media week, no, not really. 
So I've been watching everything involving the Eagles yesterday, actually, right when we got off the podcast, there was a live, I opened up YouTube and there was a live broadcast of Sirianni and Jalen Hurts uh, being interviewed that I actually watched like right from the beginning. Dude, Jalen Hurts, he should just write a book of quotes because of how good he is at just saying badass things. This is what he said I, yesterday. I, oh, no. Okay. I did. I did like this one. I, I saw it and I tried to send it to you like 20 minutes before we started this podcast. I love it. Go for it. Oh, I did, I did watch this live one. when he was saying it. And I was like, Jesus I got, Christ. I got chills. Uh, so when asked a question, looking back on the criticism before the year, he said, and I quote, I'd like to ask them that question. There's so many things that motivate me and make me want to be the best. But I had a purpose before everybody had an opinion. It's not about anybody else. He paused. I know y'all like that one. Yes, I do. Yeah, and smiled. That was great. (laughs) If he just pulled that out of his ass randomly, like, dear God, that is such a good fucking line. I had a purpose before everybody had Here's the thing is I believe him. (laughs) So do I. Like, he's done nothing to disprove any of the things he's ever said. So he seems like one of those guys who does just, like, answer a question like that. Like, that is such a goddamn good question. Of course, it all throughout the season, he just says banger after banger of, like, motivational quotes that you can make bumper stickers of and hang on the walls and stuff. And goddamn, that might be the best one. That is so good. Are you going to get that tattooed across your chest? Maybe. I mean, right on my heart, just like right over here. That's a fucking, that's a fucking banger of a line right there. Now, the thing that has been most interesting, Casino, about this Super Bowl has been neither of the teams have really talked shit about each other because I feel like both teams, first off, there's no reason for the teams to hate each other. There's no like history or, you know, they've never been combative. And Mahomes and Jalen Hurts both seem like super likable guys. That yeah, they, and, and I don't they hate each other. Yeah. And when they were on stage together, they just wouldn't stop talking about how great the other one was. And it was nice yeah. to see that. Obviously, I, mean, I the amount of the amount of Super Bowls they've watched in the mountains together. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Also. First time ever in NFL history, two black quarterbacks have played against each other in the Super Bowl, which I would have thought would have happened before. I know there's been black quarterbacks who have played in the Super Bowl, but for this to be the first one where two black quarterbacks have played against each other, that's a cool thing, especially where it's these two guys who are, there's really nothing to hate. Yeah, Yeah. it's historic. It's it's an incredible moment for them. Yeah. So... They're, they're gonna they're gonna those two are gonna absolutely crush and I'm excited to watch this game because we know we're gonna get the best from both of these two players and I just can't wait to see it well speaking of the best they are oh did I send oh no I sent that to you so it is if you can give me one second here where I can pull one up that crazy Mississippi. stat it is oh the chiefs this year 16 and 3 record 546 points scored uh the eagles 16 and 3 record 546 points scored 
They have the same exact record, the same amount of points scored this season, which is one of those things where like, how the fuck does that even happen? Mm. Also, both have six all pros on their team, including a Kelsey. So obviously Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, uh, Jason Kelsey for the uh, Eagles. Eagles. Uh, both the and if you don't know uh, Travis, Travis plays tight end, and then uh, uh, oh my gosh, Kelsey you just said his name. safety, yeah. Uh, uh oh my gosh, the, well, like, you just said his first name, Travis Kelsey. No, his brother, uh, oh, Jason Kelsey. Jason, oh my gosh, you literally <laughs> said it, and I went to go say it, and there was nothing there. I was like, <laughs> uh, wow, so yes, both teams. Exact number of points scored, exact record. Both have six all pros. One is the AFC's number one seed. One is the NFC's number one seed. Like, just that's a stat where it's just like, that's fucking incredible. That is crazy that. But obviously, like you said, these were clearly the best teams in the NFC, AFC. And now they're playing in the Super Bowl. So I think like where you're kind of driving. um, So so you say that though, but you have the... Chiefs, who are the number one offense versus uh, the number one defense in the league, yes. uh, in the Eagles overall. And then you have the number two offense in the Eagles versus, uh, I believe it was the number, I think the 11th. Yeah. So 11th defense. So like they're pretty much identical outside of that one thing where the defense is 11th and first. Yeah. Which I think, like, how can you not look at that and be like, that's going to be the main difference, right? Because obviously Patrick Mahomes is a wizard who can do whatever he wants to do on the field, but he's, we've seen him in Super Bowl struggle against a defense that has a high pass rush uh, and Put is pressure just blitzing on him. nonstop. Yeah, just trying so, to. So, so I, I guess now with that, um, are, we, are we good with that? Or did you want to talk more about? the teams not saying much about each other. Well, uh, in terms of that, these are actually things I found yesterday that I did not share with you in uh, the narrative of the Eagles had an easy schedule, right? That's what we've heard all season in NFL history, NFL history, best records in NFL history versus winning teams. There is the 1969 Vikings who had a nine and one record. The 2007 Patriots, who had a 9-1 record. Only other team in NFL history with a 9-1 record, which is the most versus uh, you know teams with a winning record you play in a season, the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles. So I've said it all year. When they play the best teams on their schedule, they had the best games, right? They played the Titans, who at that time had only, what, they were like the number one seed in the AFC or something like that and they blew them out of the water then they played the Cowboys and the Giants both annihilated them it was yeah this I don't know where this narrative came for also uh in terms of throughout the season the Eagles opponents combined win-loss record was 134 149 and 5 the Chiefs opponents combined win-loss records were 129, 156, and 2. So the Chiefs actually played easier opponents than the Eagles have all season. And 
That's just a narrative that is never talked about. Like we've discussed on this podcast, it's one of those things where people just say things and then you're just like, is that not true? Is that true? And then you Google it and it's just like, that's not true. So it's like, where the fuck are you just pulling this random shit out of your ass? Like, I don't know. But uh, Eagles were 10 and two versus teams at or over 500 who were tied with the Giants with just three wins for most games versus a team at or over uh, 500. However, the only team with double-digit wins in the NFL versus those teams were the Eagles at 10-2, and two, and then closest to them were the Giants, Jaguars, and then the Chiefs, who had nine. So just, yeah, crazy, crazy stats there. Uh, now, Casino, we may continue well as you were we were talking about you were saying about Patrick Mahomes um being really good against defenses but he can struggle with his mobility um not only because he's got a little bit of an injury in his leg right now so the high ankle sprain but going against a good pass rushing team which the Eagles are in my opinion the best pass rushing team you can get hit from every which direction down the middle from the sides they have five players that that could just go absolutely ham on you. If I'm if I remember correctly, they have three over ten sacks, like four, four, four over ten sacks. That's absolutely yeah. astonishing. So, well, that's also, something that I feel like Mahomes, Mahomes is still probably going to be able to get it out and you know do Mahomes magic like he has been his entire career so far. Um, but the pressure will be on, figuratively and literally. Boom. Well, also. With what you're saying in terms of sacks, the 1984 Chicago Bears, which obviously everybody remembers, stats on us, dropping stats, 15 and one, uh, you know, maybe best defense in NFL history, who only one loss came against Dan Marino and the Dolphins on Monday Night Football, I believe. The Chicago Bears have the most sacks by a team in a season with 72 sacks in 1984. The closest to them was the 1989 Minnesota Vikings who had 71 sacks. The next closest team at third is this 2022 Philadelphia Eagles class. Now you made a great point yesterday where you reminded me that they did play one extra game. So if you do take out one extra game where let's say they had their best sack performance of the year at five, right? That would still put them at 65 sacks, which would give them the most since the 2000 New Orleans Saints who had 66. So this, but what I also, but what I also brought up um, to cut you off because you talk too much is what the fans say. (laughs) I'm I'm, 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 like my wife. (laughs) I knew I liked her, Um, but something else that I brought up that you didn't touch on. I like pointing here. Really, my fingers like. Really I do thick. like pointing. It's I don't like, like when people point in public, but like at me. But on the podcast, it just works, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. So yeah, they may have played um another game. You know, more games than the previous seasons. However, uh, the rules on roughing the passer are so different now. I, I'm not sure. I don't. I didn't watch every Eagles game, but. You know, those that could have been sacks are getting called as roughing the passers. So not just for the Eagles, but for for all teams, you know, those numbers are skewed. The game changes. Um, 
So it's still a feat. It, it's hard to compare to teams in the past when things have changed. Um, so take it for what it is right now. That's still just an astonishing number. Like I, I don't, really I don't I, trying trying to pull. I, I I like the stats. I like the knowledge that you brought on it on the show today, on the episode. I told but, you I was hyped. But take take it for what it is. You know, you you throw all that other way. It's still insane what they did this season. Yeah, and they're and still again, probably going to do. They're probably. I I think. I don't know what the prop bet fun prop bets are, but I'm sure there's going to sacks total for the game. I would probably say is over or under five, and I would probably take the over for those two teams. Well, speaking of five, if you combine the postseason and the regular season for sacks in one season, if they do get five, they will have the most sacks in a season by a team in NFL history. So, and that segues us to this casino. You talk about Patrick, you talk about Patrick Mahomes, high ankle sprain. Jalen Hurts is also dealing with a shoulder injury he's had for at this point, I believe it's been a month, maybe longer. Uh, Who are you more, who would you be more worried about in this game? Jalen Hurts shoulder injury or Patrick Mahomes high ankle sprain? Patrick Mahomes high ankle sprain. Reason being is you saw it though in the, in the, um, NFC championship game. Well, let me speak here. Let let me talk. You had your turn. (laughs) Let me talk. Uh, uh, In the NFC championship game with the Eagles and the Niners, you saw that Hertz was having trouble getting some of the over the top throws all the way out there. Um, They were a little underthrown. Um, There was the one to Brown, which he would normally never miss. He missed. Um, So that is concerning, but Hopefully he's had a little time off. They've worked on it a little bit, but you can still win games. I've said it before, you win a football game five yards at a time, slice and dice. I watched Brady do it for his entire career. Um, so I think Mahomes has it more has a more difficult road to get through because half of his game, I wouldn't say half, but I would say about 30% of his game is about his mobility in the pocket to get away from sacks, to, to move around, to avoid stuff. And even with this amazing defense with the sack, if he was fully healthy, they would have their work cut out for him because Mahomes is the best in the game at avoiding the pressure and still making an insane play. He he can do it. He's got a rocket of an arm, so he doesn't really need to put a lot of pressure off of his foot to get that throw out, um, but you still have to do it some. But I think he's going to have trouble getting away from the pressure when it's coming from both sides and maybe even down the middle. Yep. Um, coming, to, coming in every direction that trying to get it, get out of the way. He's not going to be as quick as he has been because you see, you saw it in the, the championship game, the AFC championship game against the Bengals. Now I'm talking about it. Just chill. I was just setting um, you up homie. Setting yeah. you up. So he was <laughs> able to get away from, uh, away from the pressure a few times, but you see him hobbling as he's doing it. He's not as quick. He's not doing the triple double back to try to find something. So I think it's going to hurt Mahomes a little bit more than it would hurt Jalen Hurts. Yeah, um, that is my prediction on that. What is your take? Well, I agree with you 
that probably the three best quarterbacks in terms of being mobile just behind the line of scrimmage, you know, within the pocket and not just taking off to run, the three best quarterbacks I've ever seen do it is one, uh, Tom Brady, right? He was always good at just moving behind his line, avoiding pressure, waiting for somebody to get open. Second would be Peyton Manning right? Because you would always see him doing like the happy feet where he was just looked like he was dancing back there. The third would be Patrick Mahomes, who's by far the most athletic of the three and does it way different than those other two, which is he will constantly be running behind the line of scrimmage, waiting for the play to break down so he can just, you know, like you talk about the rocket arm, so he can just launch it to a guy 30 yards down the field where you're like, How the fuck did he complete that pass? So I do think that in this game, the main, you know, the main issue for Patrick Mahomes is going to be, yeah, you can be mobile, but how mobile are you going to be able to have to be on a, you know, flat tire in terms of your high ankle sprain that we did see, like you said, in the Bengals That's a good, that's a good uh, comparison. I like that. What, a flat tire? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when he Sorry to interrupt is... you. That was just, it was sexy. It's it was okay. a good one. It was that seamless. And then I, seamless. I, I ruined the seamless because I, I, I stopped it, but. You know whatever. what? I'll always take, always, uh, always uh, take praise from a fan, you know, when I'm talking about stuff. So thank you. God Christina. damn it. Uh, but... No. <laughs> but. Uh, when it comes to this game, however, with the mobility, how long is Patrick Mahomes really going to have behind the line of scrimmage before, you know, that pressure either disrupts a throw or he takes a sack? Or we Not talked much. about this Not multiple much. times before. He's the second leading rusher on this team. So if Pachenko is not going to be able to run the ball because the <laughs> Eagles look to be a pretty stout run D, is how mobile is he going to is this Eagles D going to allow him to be and then how much of his game breaks down once he's not able to rush so as far as on the other end what would be your concerns about a Jalen Hurts shoulder injury if he still you know has some issues with it in the game it it takes away it takes away one of the best parts of their game which is the long ball they are the best long ball throwing team in the league and yeah that would hurt them so that's going to just take away some of their playbook um but again like i said they're the most well-balanced team of this season in my opinion that they'll figure it out the other ways but if he can't if he hasn't worked it out enough to where he can't get those long balls maybe do them earlier in the game and as it go later in the game you can't get the arm torque to to get it over the over the top then then you can't get it over the top but yeah he should that, that, that's my concern is that takes away one of their biggest weapons for their offense is the over the top ball. Yeah. So the, this Eagles offense is Jalen hurts is the best downfield passer this year on 20 plus yard pass plays. The chiefs are, I believe the worst team in covering 20 plus yard passes. So That's another factor where you talk about the number one defense against the number one offense. And then you talk about number two offense against number 11 defense. Well, 
if the defense is 11th in overall defense, but they're the worst in one of the things you do the best, I don't see how that isn't, you know, a giant, giant advantage that you're going to try to take advantage of in the actual game itself. But the only thing hindering that is if Jalen Hurts' shoulder is still not up to par. Apparently, there are reports coming out that it's not a serious enough injury where it's going to require surgery, but it still obviously is bothering him. To what extent? We're going to have to wait till the actual game starts to see it. And speaking of the game, Casino, I think it's the perfect time to go into our X factors. So we'll start on your side of the screen. Who is going to be your X factor for the Chiefs? Offense or defense, my friend? Uh, let's start with defense. Defense. Shit. Or do you want to start offense? <laughs> let's start with offense. Because I was, okay, was, we'll was going to pull up the defense names. Um, offense, I said it last last um, game for, for picks for the Chiefs. It has to be their run game. It has to be their run game. Because uh, you know what you're going to get out of Kelsey. He's going to be great. Um, he... He's going to be one of their biggest guys. So I'm taking that away. So the X factor is you need to get a run game going. Because you need you need to get some sort of going uh, run game going. But you were talking about um, Pachenko, that he needs he needs to make he's not going to get taken down by by those edge rushers or or Nadamik and Sue down the middle, that he really needs to show up. Um, him, McKinnon, uh, I forget the other guy's name, but – 100% they need to have a good game. They need to help Patrick Mahomes, especially so Mahomes isn't going to be scrambling as much. He can be confident with passing that ball off, um, tucking it under his, his running back and letting them do some work. So that's who are my X factors for the game um, for the offense is going to be the whole rushing. Um, if you want me to isolate, uh, isolate, <laughs> isolate i would probably say uh i need pachenko to kick ass he needs to have a good game um he is their leading rusher uh because their second leading rusher is mahomes so you need pachenko to actually have a good game yeah and especially like we talked about it if he has a great game and it take it's gonna make the eagles defense much unlike what they had to do last week against the 49ers where they were just like okay well 49ers are out of quarterback so let's just run, uh commit to the run every single snap and then that's why they had success if Pacheco has good rushing early that's going to open up the passing game because now it's not let's just uh not let Pacheco beat us let's let Patrick Mahomes well if Pacheco's beating you and then Mahomes is now getting you on play action or he's having time to pass that's going to blow this game wide open where all of a sudden this Chiefs offense is not one-dimensional they don't have to rely on Patrick Mahomes arm or in this case legs and yeah that's going to be an issue my uh, my X factor for the Chiefs offense is I am actually picking uh, Kadarius Tony, and I changed hmm. this up from who I was picking in yesterday's episode, and here's why, Casino. So in the playoffs, in the two games the Chiefs have played, they've played the Jaguars and the Bengals. In those two games, 
Travis Kelsey was targeted 25 times, right? Not not catches, just targeted. He caught 21 of those targets, which is fucking insane. How the fuck is he always open that much? Uh, but the second closest target was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? And he had only 10 targets to the insane Travis Kelsey 25 targets. But the third option on that list was Kadarius Tony, who had nine receptions. So if you're the Eagles, if you're Jonathan Gannon and you're looking at the Chiefs, you're saying, okay, the first option is going to be Kelsey. The second option is going to be Scantling. And then the third option is going to be Pacheco. Fourth option is going to be trying to contain Patrick Mahomes, right? Like keep him in the pocket, keep him there. You're going so deep you're with this. And that means you're going to be worried about all those things. And that leaves Tony, who is the wide receiver from the Giants they traded for. Apparently, he's their fastest wide receiver. So you're going to be, I think in this game, you have to put a cornerback on Travis Kelsey, right? He would be the best wide receiver if he switched to wide receiver on almost every team in the league, right? So that means... Your first best cornerback, your second best cornerback, so in this case it would be Slay and Bradbury, are taking care of those two options, which means Avante Maddox in the slot would have to take care of uh, Tony. And there has been question marks all week. Is Avante Maddox okay? I believe he's still on the injury report as listed as questionable. He is No, he's off now. I just checked it. I was going to comment on that. So, so then, yeah, we're good. as of yesterday, when we looked, he was still on it, right? He was questionable for, I believe well, it was now, an ankle injury. Well, now it's uh, Friday. They need to have stuff out. They need to say who's... Ooh, we need their, there actually, was an update. That's actually the first I'm hearing of that. So that's good. But still, Avante Maddox, as of one day ago, was still listed as injured. Now he is going to have to play in the slot against one of the fastest wide receivers that he's probably seen all year against Tony. And if he can shut it down, I think they win. But if Tony or Valdez Scantling go off, and then you also have Travis Kelsey catching his usual 10 receptions a game, like that, that's going to be hard to overcome. I think the Eagles can win in a shootout against the Chiefs, but I don't think it's ideal. I don't think you want to be in a shootout with the reigning MVP and the best. I don't think that's going to happen because I, league. I think Mahomes is going to have trouble getting rid of the ball quick enough. Yeah, I think I think when you look at this game, when you look, it bears very similar comparisons to the Tampa Bay game that the Chiefs lost. Where I really do think they were starting a, I believe, like third string rookie left tackle. And that's basically where all the pressure came from. I believe you can kind of plug and play that scenario with Mahomes on a bum leg, right? I think those two things are very similar in how this game is going to, you know, be approached by Jonathan Gannon and this defensive front, which is he's not going to be as mobile so we can hit him. Uh, But Casino, who is your defensive Chiefs. And I'm going to say this with confidence because yesterday you did not believe me. I'm going with Sneed. Sneed. Because he's playing and he's yes. not a rookie. 
Sorry, just throwing that out there. We had we had a whole yeah. thing. You don't know need to know about it. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm going with Snead. Um, so he has been cleared to play. I haven't seen anything. Um, as you looked up yesterday, he was knocked out with a head injury. Uh, in, in the, the Bengals conference, game, yeah, yes. in the conference final game. Um, so I. I I think he's going to have to have a good game. He's he's one of their best cornerbacks. He's going to have to be able to stop um, that long ball because if Hertz is healthy and he is throwing bombs to Smith or Brown, you gotta you gotta have your head on a swivel. You gotta be able to know what you're doing. He's got to run that defense back there. Um, so he's he's got some good numbers, but not the greatest numbers, which is crazy because um, there's not too many defensive players for the chiefs that are like super good on that secondary. Um, like Snead, he has 75 total tackles, which is tied for 32nd in the league Forced fumbles. He's tied for six with three interceptions tied with 20, uh, tied at 28th with three. Um, so he's got a lot, he's done a lot, but he needs to do a little bit more, especially show up in this game in a big way. He needs to lock down one of those, uh, one of those players. And I think he needs to have a big game for him. I, he needs to be locked down defense. So then the Eagles are going to have to worry more about their running game and more of a slice and dice kind of thing. Yeah. So what Casino was mentioning before, we uh, got in this long, uh, I don't I don't even know what it was, just sidetrack yesterday trying to find out if the Chiefs were starting rookie corners in the Super Bowl, which I'd heard all week. Apparently they uh, are I not. I said no, but what- I don't, I don't, you know, he doesn't believe me. Because I don't run the show, he does. I don't know why it says the only sports podcast with Casino and Will. It should be with Will, and that's it. No, because it's not. Thank you. The only reason it says with Will and Casino is because it's an alphabetical order. With Casino and Will. I like that. Yeah. If it said with Will and Casino, it would just be non and it would just it would just look weird. But why I said that was because rookie corners Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams both had interceptions against the Bengals and they were both in the game because, like Casino said, Sneed was knocked out of the game with a head injury. So if the Chiefs are going to be playing because they're going to have to be playing three cornerbacks pretty much all game, right? Because the Eagles have uh, A.J. Brown, they have Devontae Smith, and then they have Quez Watkins. So that is going to be an interesting matchup to see, you know, how great wide receivers like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith attack this Chiefs secondary. But my... I am actually going a different route with this. And instead of picking anybody in the secondary, I am picking linebacker Nick Bolton. And I think he will be the most important player on this defense, strictly based on how the Eagles game plan, I feel like will be in this game, which is when it comes down to uh, this Eagles offense in RPO game, right? The run pass option, which we've seen the Eagles dominate with pretty much this entire season but when it comes to how I think they're going to approach this game it's going to be three things right it's going to be trying to run with Sanders Gainwell Boston Scott that three-headed monster that can easily put up 200 yards against a Chiefs rushing defense that I don't think is really you know anything to worry about compared to other teams they played, right? Considering how good the 
49ers were against the run and they still ran for 150 yards on them. But if that's not working, then you're going to have to have Jalen Hurts legs and those the runs with the running backs and the quarterback are all going to be right up the middle or right on the side of the line, right? Which means Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the whoops in the entire NFL, which is I read this yesterday up where in terms of their offensive player rankings across the offensive line up. I think I already deleted it. I knew I sent it to you though. Casino stalling, stalling. Uh, Where is it? If I could just pull it up. It's so far. Oh, there it is. So across the offensive line with the Eagles, Jordan Mailata, the left tackle, is fifth. Landon Dickerson, the left guard, is sixth. Jason Kelsey is second uh, for centers. Siamalu is seventh among right guards. And Lane Johnson is second among right tackles. Now that's all against 31 other teams. So out of 31, the lowest ranked one is seventh which means this is, I feel, by far one of the best offensive lines in the Mm -hmm. NFL. I don't think there's any disputing that. So that means the only person you really have to worry about on that Chiefs defense throughout the entire season has been uh, the defensive tackle, Chris Jones, right? So if he's taken care of on the line, that means the run game is going to be won or lost on that second level of the defense, which is right where Nick Bolton rests right? He's their best. uh, He's their best linebacker. He's one of their best defensive players all year. He has 180 tackles this season, which is fucking insane. This regular season, he had 180 total tackles, 108 solo, 72 assists, two sacks, one forced fumble, which what that tells me is they don't put him in coverage. They don't send him on blitzes. That means they put him dead center on the in the middle of the field and say stop the run game right so he's going to i feel make or break this philadelphia offense which is he's going to make sure either he's going to have to control jalen hurts or he's going to have to stop that three-headed monster at monster to rushing the ball now casino who is your philadelphia eagles are you starting offense or defense um let's go defense Ooh. Yeah, uh, quite simple. Um, it's whoever's covering, whoever they put to cover Travis Kelsey, just whoever it is. Yes, I agree. Um, I mean, you, you're saying you you mentioned uh, you got to put your best corner on him. Doesn't matter. Like he's their best wide receiver in a sense. He's their best option to throw the football to. So whether it's Maddox, whether whether it's Bradbury or Slay, somebody is going to have to step up in a big way and shut him down and if it's not work if one of them's not going to be able to do it you gotta throw another person on it because if you're going to be putting a linebacker uh, every now and then to try to cover kelsey they're gonna patrick mahomes is gonna lick his chops and be like thank you thank you for giving me an out i'm tossing it to him thank you so (laughs) i think that's a big big spot big role in this game um Pretty much, you stop Kelsey, you stop them from scoring points. Yeah. And also, well, not even just stopping him, like limiting how many catches he gets. Oh, I mean, 100%. if he gets, if he gets go for it. less than what, seven, 
that's a win. Like I would say less than if if you get him if you get him less than ten because he's been breaking ten in almost every game. You get yeah. him less than ten. That 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 probably saves you at least a field goal. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point. Uh, who is or for me, I am picking Josh Sweat on the defensive line. Now, with this Eagles defense, <laughs> Casino has mentioned it. Four players with double-digit sack numbers. He's one of them. He had 11 sacks this year. Now, honestly, I wanted to go outside of the box a little, but on this Eagles defense, there's so many good players. You really can't, because no matter who you pick, it's kind of going to be an all-star. So, and as Smash Mouth once said, hey, man, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Right? And hey. that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want if you're an Eagles fan to happen. I think Hassan Reddick has a big game, and I think he needs to have a big game to kind of break this Chiefs offense, much like he did with the 49ers. Obviously, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes get hurt or knocked out of the game. I didn't want to see Purdy get hurt or knocked out of the game because I knew the narrative would change. And we saw this entire week, every single, I was going to do a big rant about it on this episode. I did it on last episode, but I was like, at this point, I don't even give a shit. It's just like every 49ers player has like this giant excuse as if the Eagles should have stopped playing the game when Purdy got knocked out. And then they could have just rescheduled it for another time. It's like, that's not how football works. I don't get what you're bitching about, but I digress. Uh, With Josh Sweat, it comes down to all the offensive focus on who to stop is going to be on Reddick, right? We saw what he did against the 49ers, and the Chiefs definitely don't want a repeat of that because it was hitting the quarterback. It was forcing the ball. It was forcing Aaron throws. It was a a forced fumble and a fumble recovery, which wasn't called that. But again, it was a split second of... Oh, if he would have stayed up a little longer, uh, him being the quarterback, Josh Johnson, would have stayed up a little longer. It would have been a fumble forced and fumble recovered, which he's done all season. So if they can somehow contain Reddick, it's going to come with that offensive line, right? Which is going to be Davis, which is going to be Hardgrave, which is going to be Cox, which is going to be Graham on one side, uh, Hassan Riddick right behind him. And then on the other side, it's going to be Josh Sweat. So if Josh Sweat can get two sacks in this game, a bunch of quarterback hits or pressures, I don't see how the Chiefs can overcome that because then they're going to have to focus on him. It opens it up for Reddick. They focus on those two. It opens it up for Cox and Hardgrave. And then Graham's right there. Like, I just feel like it's going to be a real tough day for this uh, Kansas City offensive line and, more importantly, Mahomes. Casino, with your robot visor, your turn. I do want to say that you did say Riddick. Riddick? Like twice. Riddick? You said Chronicles. Riddick. It's going to be, I mean, this Sunday, it's going to be the Chronicles of Riddick. It's going to be the Chronicles of Riddick. It's going to be all of it. Vin Diesel Great might movie. be there. Who knows? Anyway. Who uh, is your X factor for the Eagles offense, Casino? I'm going to switch it up because uh, I got slack for it yesterday. I'm going to go Quez Watkins. Ooh. I need to give you meaning, so This is a better pick. You did. Uh, he, I, I said Smith yesterday, so, but no, Buzz <laughs> Watkins. But kind of on the note of, they know what you're they they know what they're going to get out of the pressure when it comes to 
Brown and Smith. They know they have to cover him. I think Quez Watkins needs to really have a big game. Um, he needs to be, especially if Hertz is not able to throw the ball as far as he is used to, you're going to need to have some check down guys. And I think Quez Watkins will be a great check down guy for him because you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of the double teams um, going on them. Uh, by the way, the wife just pulled in. I'm going to probably mute it. So the dogs go crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I went first. Then I'm going Quez Watkins um, just because they need another good receiver. If Hertz can't throw the ball downfield. Um, yeah. Now I, I was gonna be I was gonna be a dickhead and pick Devontae Smith because I, I do think because I, I was do gonna think pick, I was gonna pick your guy from yesterday, but I didn't. <laughs> so I'll let you still take him. Well, actually, I'm changing it up as well because God you know, damn it, I would have more... said Sanders then, you son of a bitch. Well, Sanders, Gainwell, Scott, I feel like they all need to have a big game, right? Because the best way to beat Patrick Mahomes is by keeping him off the field. If, if you don't have to worry about Patrick Mahomes, he can't beat you, right? So that's going to be one of the big factors is can this Eagles team not only sustain a running game, but keep it up the entire game where they're just churning off uh, minutes on the clock. My pick, however, I do think this is going to be a big Devontae Smith game. I think he shows up big in big games. He has his entire life. I actually agreed with Casino's pick yesterday, but... I do feel like this has to be and will be the Dallas Goddard game. Yeah, he was asked yesterday, how do you feel against going against, you know, Kelsey? And he said he's the best tight end in the league. And I think this game is my chance to prove I'm right there with him, right? This year, he's been kind of plagued with injuries by that bullshit face mask in the Commanders game. But ever before then, and since he's came back, he's had big games. I think this is his big game to kind of take advantage of, right? I think the linebackers are going to be way too focused on trying to stop the RPO, RPO game, which opens up Goddard for big games. He's a matchup nightmare unless they put a corner on him. But against this Eagles uh, offense, you can't. Because your other corners need to be focused on Brown, like Casino said, Watkins, and Devontae Smith. So I think that this offense is geared to open up passing plays for Goddard for big games, right? For big games, I'm sorry. So this, there's no way this isn't a big game for A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard or Quez Watkins. I think all that attention focused on other parts of the game, especially by stopping the run is going to force this chief's defense to give up the game to one of those players. And I think the player they give it up to is Dallas Goddard, who has a big game on Sunday. So casino, now that we've done our X factor Mm -hmm. players, there's only one thing to do before we end the podcast here, which is how do you see this game playing out? Who you pick in and just, Predict your score and how the game goes. I'm picking Eagles. 35 to the Chiefs. 21. You heard it right here. 35 to 21. Eagles over Chiefs. I'm writing it down. Uh, I have been really thinking about this game. I think this could be a blowout for the Eagles. I don't see a scenario where the Chiefs 
win in a blowout. I see scenarios where the Chiefs win close games, right? Because they've been doing that all season. But in terms of blowouts, I think it is either a blowout on the Eagles side or there's no blowout. I just don't think the Chiefs have, as we said multiple times in this podcast, as complete a team as the Eagles do. Now, obviously, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm praying the Eagles win. I'm hoping the Eagles win. I will burst into tears in the bar right next to the casino if the Eagles do win. I am picking the Eagles to win, but I'm adjusting my score from what it was yesterday. I think they win 34 to 24. I think it's a 10-point game. I think it is close in the beginning of the game, but after halftime, I just think the Eagles pull away with it. That's my prediction, Casino. And as I said, Uh, to you. If the Eagles win, four things will happen. I will buy a Jalen Hurts Super Bowl jersey. I will buy a Hassan Reddick Super Bowl jersey. I will cry in front of Casino, maybe on your shoulder. So, you know, start doing the shoulder exercises now so they could be ready in 48 hours. And then (laughs) I will also My wife is also hearing this for the first time. I'm getting a tattoo on my body, Eagles logo, with both dates. They won the Super Bowl. Hopefully, down the years, I'll add more and more dates of Super Bowls they won. But, yeah. So, I'm guaranteeing an Eagles uh, two jersey purchases and a tattoo if they win. I'm not going to be one of those idiots that fucking gets the Super Bowl champion tattoo like two weeks before they even play the Super Bowl. I've never understood those. But Casino, anything else to say before we get out of here? No. (laughs) Well, I think I speak for all Eagles fans where I say, fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, They don't like us. We don't care. And also, who really doesn't like us is San Francisco 49ers players. Have fun fucking watching the game at home because you're not playing in it, you fucking salty little bitches. Uh, My most hated team is now the 49ers with the Cowboys. Can't wait till we play again. And yeah, fly Eagles fly. We'll see you next episode when we talk about hopefully the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Next episode will be entertaining in many ways. I'll either cry on the air out of happiness or sadness, but this has been the only sports podcast. I so will guarantee to cry. Sounds good. <laughs> guarantee to cry regardless. So, all right. Adios Casino. We'll see you next episode.